Radio Bypass, the place to hear new music. We are joined by a musician I have long admired and who most recently was part of an album that regular listeners know I love. Joining me is Richie Katzen. Thanks for stopping by, Richie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. I'm glad we get a chance to uh, to talk. The Smith Katzen album, when, uh, when I first became aware of it coming out and heard the first single that was released ahead of the album... I was like, wow, this is an interesting pairing. Richie Katzen and Adrian Smith would not have uh, probably put you two guys together in my in my head. And I've had commentary from a lot of our listeners since then saying, man, how did Richie Katzen and Adrian Smith end up together? So that's the first question I have to ask you. How did this pairing come to be? Yeah, well, you know, we became friends uh, really just by... Uh being in LA and, you know, right place, right time type situation. And, um, we would, uh, get together every time uh, him and, uh, Adrian and Natalie, his wife would come into to LA. We'd always get together with my wife, Julia. And, uh, there was a party a few years ago and Adrian's got a room set up where you can go in there and play music and jam. And we had this jam session, and it was just a, a lot of fun. It wasn't the first time we had done that. But after that particular time, Natalie had the suggestion of Adrian and I getting together to try to write some music. And uh, we had known each other for a while at that point. And uh, he came over one day, and we were messing around. And the first thing we actually did, we wrote the song Running. And he had that riff that became the verse. And then I came up with the chorus 
we put it together and bam there there we had a song and uh from there you know it just kind of steamrolled snowballed whatever you want to say and uh, the next song was scars and then from there we just kept going and uh before we knew it we were making an album that is so so it's just really just organic it just grew out of one jam yeah yeah totally and you know it was that jam in particular uh that did it because you know there were other years where we, we would have little get-togethers and you know i guess just you know got to the point where we knew each other well enough and thought yeah why not we're not at the time neither one of us were busy and uh, and you know these kinds of things like uh, if you get together you don't always hit something you know you might throw an idea around and and there's nothing there and, and that's it nothing happens but we it just so happened that uh, we clicked and ended up with this album that's that's amazing what yeah. what was the songwriting process songwriting process like for you guys once you got going because you know i think lyrically there's a lot of great lyrics here too did you guys co-write you know the music and the lyrics were you both sharing yeah in that? yeah they were all they came together different like you know sometimes like you know running for example i had that you know concept for the lyric and then we worked on the verses together. And then like Glory Road, you know, he had the concept. And then we work on verses together. Um, there, there was one song in particular, uh, I Want to Stay. I remember we were in Turks and Caicos and that melody was driving me nuts. I had it in my head. I don't know where it came from. And it, I was living with that thing for a long time and I didn't know what to say lyrically. Mm-hmm. And then one day uh, uh, it hit me, and then uh, and then once I had that, then he just came up with all these other ideas lyrically, you know, for for the verses, and you know, it just came together that way. Like what what one guy couldn't solve, you know, it, the other one could. You know, if I if I didn't have an idea, he he'd have an idea, and it just kind of ping ponged back and forth like that. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You guys are like Lennon and McCartney on this record, I think. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it because I thought it was so interesting. And the other thing that that impressed me when I first heard the record, and then um, I did, as I mentioned to you before we started the interview, I did get a chance to see you guys live. I was one of the lucky ones that got to catch you in California. And what also impressed me was the way your voices complement one another when you're singing, and then also your guitar playing really complement one another as well. Did you guys hear that when you when you had that jam? Did you did you did you catch that? Like, wow, our voices really complement one another well. Well, probably subconsciously. I mean, uh, you know, when you're making music with someone, you know, you're either happy doing it or something's off. And you put the instrument down and you leave the room. So, you know, I don't really know the total mechanics of how and why, but obviously, you know, we uh, we hit it off. I think one of the things I can say is that we have common interest in classic rock, you know, singers like Paul Rogers or Steve Marriott. Um, you know, certain guitar players, maybe, for example, Stevie Ray Vaughan, that we, we have these kind of people that we both like and maybe they influence us a little bit here or there mm-hmm. so that kind of 
that's like the common ground, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, like I'm a classical violinist and he's a, a tennis player. We're trying to collaborate on something. It's, you know, there's a connection there that makes sense, you know, with the, with the, you know, music that we, that we admire aside from what we're doing, creating together. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I was just really taken by that. Like I say, when I first heard the record, I didn't expect, I didn't really know what to expect, like how his voice and your voice would, would sound together. And, and I was impressed by how it did sound together. And then live, it really, uh, you know, really nailed it. You guys did a great job that night, both of you, um, on the vocals. And I was like, man, this really, this really works. I would, you know, I would have never thought that, um, necessarily, until I got to hear it, and I was pretty pretty impressed with it. And speaking of live shows, how was it for you guys? Pretty exciting to actually play in front of an audience, I'm sure. Oh, much. man, I know. And, and, you know, it was kind of perfect uh, for, for me uh, to, get, to get back out this way. I, I had, um, you know, I had, I had a lot of shows booked before the, the pandemic, and, and um, after everything came down, you know, I've been sitting here for two years, not, not singing, not playing. So, you know, the thought of getting out there and doing a, a show, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been ready for that, you know. And so this allowed me to ease into it, having another guy that sings and plays, you know, it, it's, it was a perfect way to get back out and get on stage. Right. Have all the pressure and all the pressure be on, on my, my voice alone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. That was, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time with this pandemic. That's for sure. But oh, yeah, okay. I've been so, I, that's why I was so excited too. And I was like, man, I wonder how these guys feel. I'm, Cause I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't book a few more dates, um, you know, in, in the U S well, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here with this. And I got to say, it, it's a, I don't want to use the word miracle because it's not a miracle, but we're lucky we did what we did and, and that we're lucky that we were able to pull it together, keep the dates up, you know, especially in California where, you know, it's, it seems that it's a little bit more, uh, a little stricter with right. things. So um, we just wanted to, at, at the very least, show the group however we could and if we if we were able to go all the way across the country we we'll, believe me we would have did it but you know we're happy that we're able to get through this successfully and um now we're about to go over to the uk and do it again so that should be fun for us yes definitely and speaking of the uk for you folks that listen there uh first date is G- uh, february 27th at the manchester club academy um and then you're continuing on the 28th and then march 2nd 3rd 5th 7th and 8th so those are all the opportunities to check out smith Katzen, and i highly recommend that you do because the show i saw was fantastic <laughs> yeah, well thank you i appreciate that thank you yeah no problem uh richie it was great um and then the other thing that i wanted to ask you um this doesn't have to do only with smith and just you're playing alone i i was aware of you back when your first uh, mike varney shrapnel record came out um i was working at a radio station then that we played almost everything that came out from mike varney um and and then listening to your playing then and then, you know, more recent, um, I know you, you stopped using a pick 
Um, mm. What made you decide to do that? Like that, that's a big change to go, you know, from a pick player to Jeff Beck. <laughs> well, I've always kind of done that behind closed doors, meaning, you know, if I'm recording, there might be a part that I have to do with my finger. So it wasn't that big of a, a talking point for me, really. But I think where it became of interest is when I stopped taking guitar picks on the road. And it started in, in Brazil. I was down there on a tour. This is quite some time ago. Got to be, I don't know, 2011 or something. But mm-hmm. I was down there playing, and I just felt real disconnected to what I was doing on the instrument. And, you know, it's just kind of, just I felt disconnected. And I, I thought, man, I got I to gotta get more connected to the guitar the way I felt like I used to be. And I, and I was thinking to myself, well, I'm, I'm not, I can't go back to the hotel room and practice. I ain't going to get any better in, in, in three hours of practicing. <laughs> so what, so I figured, well, why don't you, why don't you take something away? <laughs> you know, why don't you make it a little more, eliminate some of the stuff that you are viewing as stale. So I thought, well, try doing the gig without a guitar pick, see what happens. Well, the next night I did that and it, it totally, you know, changed everything because i would go to do like not to get technical but there'd be a certain kind of a run that i might play on the guitar that involved a certain technique with a guitar pick all of a sudden oh, shit well i can't do that right <laughs> and then there'd be something it said it just changed everything you know and i and then suddenly i felt i felt a little calmer a little more connected and then after that gig the manager my manager that was with me said wow that was you played so different, but it was still great and this and that, and you got to do it again. And so I did. And then, then I started going back and thinking, all right, well, some of this stuff that I can't do, I still want to be able to do it. So then I would sit down and figure out, well, how can I play this particular line without a guitar pick? And then I'd figure it out. And then the second thing that happened was that just by nature of, of not having the guitar pick in my hands, I started coming up with some other things. That mm-hmm. were different and unique and exciting for me to to have the you know ability to play some different things. So right. ultimately, I felt more connected. Now I still use a pick when I'm playing. Uh, I'm in the studio, especially. I mean, because it's a different sound. It's not like I I banned them, you know, from completely. My right. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is like it's so nice just to get on stage and not have to worry about oh. Uh, I can't find a guitar pick or whatever. Right. <laughs> One less thing for me to pack when I leave town. You know what I mean? I like it. I like it. Simplicity. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. All right, Richie. Well, I, we got to keep you on schedule. I know you've got a lot of uh, things going on here today, so I promised I would keep an eye on the clock to your management. So we're going to have to wrap this up. But again, UK, Smith Cassin's coming for you February 27th. First date at the Manchester Club Academy. Richie Katzen, thank you so much for stopping by today and joining Radio Bypass, and have a great time in the UK. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Cheers. So there you have it, my conversation with the ultra-talented Richie Katzen, talking about the Smith Katzen release and touring and guitar playing, all kinds of stuff from Richie. It was so good of him to stop by, and I thought we would just wrap this up with a couple of Smith Cotson tunes. They put out their EP for Record Store Day in November, and then, of course, their debut album. So 
I'm going to leave you with a couple of songs from Smith Cotson. First up, you'll hear Got a Hold on Me. That's from the EP that came out in November. And then I believe Richie mentioned this during our talk. I want to stay off the debut album. We'll wrap this up. Thanks for checking it out. And you have a great rest of your day.
swept away 